Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now age of radio episode shit i don't remember 206 206 of this shit i didn't remember either because i left the fucking notebook way the fuck over there see so yeah yeah episode 206 of the dark windows podcast and i'm your host kevin i'm also kevin oh yeah he's the other host too yes and the uh, other host as if there's any other uh i guess so yeah uh and this week is kevin's episode I think he was doing a – I had to figure this out before I came down here. I was like, what the fuck is Kevin doing? I don't remember. So Then I went, oh, it, he rolled a cult. But then we had a conversation. I pulled a pro gamer move, and uh, I altered that shit. Yes. So instead, I'm doing a secret society. Yes. that was. I was like, oh, wait, he's doing a secret society. It's not so much a secret anymore. Like People have heard of it now. But at the time, it was kind of a secret society yeah. more than anything. Of course. Uh, so this week, we are going to do something that I've, I've, I know I've said it before, but I've had this on the list since day one. We are going to talk about the Hashishin. Okay. Okay. Every cult or secret society had to start somewhere, and it's usually with one person. Any cult, you know, it's with the exception of uh, Order of the Solar Temple, pretty much one leader of the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Those fucking goofs had two. Hashishin has a new name now. <laughs> if anyone can guess that. <laughs> what? What do you mean? They have a new name. Yeah. Well, they. It's this wasn't even really what they called themselves. This is something that other people came up with, but we'll get into that. Mm-hmm. Um. So our story here starts with Hassan ibn Sabah, who was born most likely sometime between 1034 A.D. Um. Between 1034 and 1037, it, the records were fucking sparse back yeah. then. Uh, he was born in northern Persia near the city of Qom, which is about two hours south of Tehran. So which is, mm-hmm. if you're not familiar, Iran used to be Persia. Yeah. And it's not anymore. It's Iran. But they're still somehow Persians. Well, I think I think actually the whole, te- whole territory was Persia. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But Iran, Iraq. No, uh... Iraq was its own thing. Because that was Mesopotamia. Hmm. I think Persian. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, after... I thought Persian... At some point in time, yes, it was part of Persia. Yeah, because it was... I mean, Mesopotamia was the cradle... Supposed cradle of civilization, which now they're debating. But, um... 
that the Persian Empire was well after this. This yes. the Hashishin were during the Crusades. Yes, and a little bit before, but you know, yep, they were during that whole period. Yeah. Um, so he was part of a, a Shia family. Uh, Shia is still the dominant group of uh, Muslims in Iran over the Sunni, which are a smaller population. Um, as a child, the family moved to fucking Ray, R-A-Y-Y. That's the only thing I can come up with there, um, which is a little bit closer to Tehran. It's about 60 miles away instead of the 140-ish that, it, that they were at before. Um, they moved here to be closer to the center of the Ismali teachings. Uh, so the difference between the followers of the Ismali and regular Islam is that the Ismali thought that their imams held like the key to finding hidden knowledge in the Quran. So they were like, it's hard to say. It's almost like the difference between Catholics and Protestants. But not really, because that's where you get, like, your Sunni and Shias and shit like that. <clears throat> um, it's more like... Uh, almost like Lutherans. It's mo- no, it's <laughs> you know, more like... like third. New- it's more like newborn or Jehovah Witness or something like that, you know, like... Let's, let's, uh, let's settle down. Let's not, let's not call Saints. them crazy. It's more like Latter-day <laughs> Saints or something like that, because there is a... They... they read more into it that's I mean, what the, that's really the difference honestly it's disrespectful to compare anybody to a jehovah's witness that's just that's just plain me <laughs> um so in his teens sabah had started following amir zarab who was a followed him as a mentor um at first he wasn't too keen on the teachings saying quote it had never before entered my mind that truth should that be sought outside of islam so he started off kind of thinking that most of this is either flat-out bullshit or more a branch of philosophy. Um, he referred to it as terms of abuse against the pious. So, basically, he's like, ah, this is kind of horseshit. Um, so, he continued to meet with Zarab, having discussions and conversations. Um, they actually talked like civilized fucking human beings about religion instead of immediately trying to kill each other over it like people tend to now, for whatever reason. And back then too but um so they would speak about the merits of of ismali and the differences of his uh his current system and he started to really grow a lot of respect for uh for his new mentor and uh, they would eventually declare his royal is royalty declare his loyalty to the ismali imam so he is now fully converted from islam to being an ismali which you know Sounds the same, but it's really not. Uh, Ibn Sabah would actually fall uh, would actually fall pretty ill to the point that he was a uh, kind of on his deathbed. Um, and I had to make a note here; it was probably either COVID or monkeypox related. Because so now he has decided that it's the perfect time to fully embrace the Ismali system, and he wanted to quote obtain the truth before he died, and he swore his undying allegiance to the uh, Fatimid Caliphate. In Cairo, uh, the Fatimids were actually pretty chill when it came to most things in comparison to other uh, Muslim rulers. They ruled most of North Africa as a Shia dynasty from 910 to 1171, and they were actually known for being really tolerant. The area that they ruled was filled with Shia, Sunni, Christians, and Jews, 
and everybody got along pretty well for the most part. Uh, there were public offices filled by people of each group, not based off of their followings. It was based off of merit, the way shit should be. Um, it seems like they also had some consideration for women's contributions to society, which is unheard of at the time in the Middle East. Um, honestly, it's unheard of at this time in the Middle East as well. Not a lot of women's rights going on over there right now. It depends. Shia or Sunni. It, not much better either way, though. It's more so Sunni than Shia. Yeah. Are they allowed to drive in either one? Or not have their faces covered and shit? Yeah. Or vote? I don't know. Yeah. Shia, I don't think so. Sunni, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the whole... I know one you can do more than the other. There's no Sharia law in Shia, I think, or Sunni. Yeah, I mean, which is a full face covering, which, yeah. which technically wasn't until I don't know the nineteen like fifties ish, seventies actually yeah, when, when the, the when fucking the, communists came in and no when the United States came in. I, well, we we kind of fucked them up in the fifties and they got worse. No, from there. we took out the the Ayatollah. And installed the new Ayatollah, which then was like, eh, he's like, yeah, you know what? Fuck you. Oh, we've been fucking with Iran you know, since so. the, like, the 50s, though. Yeah, we installed, we, we, we t- didn't like the old old boss, so we installed the new boss. Yeah. But the old bo- new boss is more like the old boss. So then we were like, eh, you know hey, what? We tend to do so that. So he installed Sharia law. Yeah. Because technically, was Iran at the time was more... Uh, uh, forward thinking, and they didn't have women didn't have to, you know, wear Cover. all the all everything. They didn't have to yeah. wear any of it. No, they could wear whatever they wanted. So just, uh, but so, so we'll, people will bitch about female basketball players not making as much money. But hey, you can leave the house without your husband's permission. So, well, could be worse. So basically, everything the the Fatimids did was reversed um, by the people that would come after them. They were. Big on education for everybody, including women, and they also developed Egypt's yeah, developed Egypt's economy by working uh, new and alternate routes to the to the east for trade. Um, so basically, what they were doing there is the existing trade routes they were actually reinforcing. They would have um, like armored guards that would ride sections of the trail where it was really bad, mm. and then they would also find alternate routes around different places where there was a lot of banditry and shit like that. Uh, Ibn Sabah would recover from his illness and dive right into his studies under a couple of other teachers and started gaining a lot of respect in the Ismali community. In 1072, the chief Dai, which was the basically your like top of the line missionary for um, the religion. So he'd be like a cardinal, I guess, technically, sort of in that neck of the woods to compare it to a religion that I understand a little bit better. Mm. So instead he'd be like, uh, like one step below the Imam, which was kind of your, actually, no, maybe he'd be like a Bishop. Cause the Imam would be more of a Cardinal. Mm. Cause they were like a regional leader thing. I don't, I don't know. It's one fucking goofy hat or the other. Um, so he rolled up and, uh, he took notice of Sabah and he liked his look, likes the cut of his jib. And he makes him a deputy missionary. And tells him, you need to head to Cairo right now. Go check out the Caliph's court. I think you're going to like it. So Sabah did not go straight to Cairo until, quote, several years later. <laughs> Some historians say that Hassan, following his conversation, 
was playing host to some members of the uh, of the caliphate already and this was uh kind of brought up to some other people um including viziers to the seljuk's uh seljuk empire the sultan there um and a vizier is basically an emissary mm-hmm. so a diplomat um and the seljuk dynasty is fucking huge they are a problem like they were the ones that when Constantinople finally fell and fell for good, it was the Seljuks that did it. So they were basically the predecessors to the Ottoman Turks, in, okay. a, in a way. Okay. Um, so another story has Hassan, a guy by the name of Al-Mulk, and a poet, uh, Omar Khayyam, studying together as friends, and then they have a falling out. Um, apparently there was a th- there was threats made to Hassan by Al-Mulk, and then he left in 1076. Um, it'd be another two years before he finally got to Cairo. He traveled to Azerbaijan, which he was quickly run out of the country for running his mouth about local religious leaders. Um, he went in and basically was like, ah, Islam's fucking bullshit. Follow this. And they're like, the fuck we will and curve swords and shit and run him off. Hmm. Um, he then moved south through Iraq and into Damascus, Syria. Uh, after doing who the fuck knows what, he went to Palestine and then to Egypt. Some records from the remains of his autobiography show the date as August 3rd of 1078 when he finally got into Egypt. Most historians kind of came to the conclu- came to the conclusion he was in Egypt for around three to four years before he left as a full-blown missionary. Just off to, you know, spread the good word and do your own thing. So during that time, he pissed off a pretty uncool vizier, uh, Badir al-Jamali, who was the de facto leader at the time. So he was basically um, put in as a, almost like a governor kind of thing for the area that he, where he was at. Because the other um, the other imam had passed and this guy was just in place until they found somebody new. Mm. Um, okay. So he did this, he just kind of like stuck his nose into a power struggle between uh, the... Ismaili Imam, who's trying to come in, uh, Al Mustans, holy fuck, Al Mustansir, and this vizier. Um, this is like some real feudal shit. Like my son's taking over when I die. No, he isn't because my son is all all that fucking nonsense. Um, Sabah would actually find himself in the clink under Al Jamali, who was the uh, the vizier. Until the min- uh, the minaret of the prison collapsed. So he's in there and a part of the prison collapses. And he's released because they thought it was a sign. That we shouldn't have him in jail because he collapsed it. Okay. He's not even that fucking powerful. He's just a dude with a sweet beard. And genie shoes. Like, he, he ain't doing shit right now. Hmm. When in truth, what had really probably happened is that part of the prison had been eroded. And it just kind of fucking dumped oh. in on itself. It's fucking sand. Yeah, it's it's not it's not fucking magic. It's it's science. Um, so after being shipped to North Africa and out of the way, he decided to head to sea and back to his homeland up into the Middle East and do his thing there. Uh, about a day after taking off, the ship sunk and he was rescued and brought back to Syria, which is kind of where he was aiming for anyway. Mm. Um, he would then travel to Aleppo, where Gary Johnson didn't know what that was and he ran for president. Um, and then Baghdad before returning to uh, Isfahan in 1081. Uh, Isfahan is pretty important because it was like a very large 
intersection um, in the Silk Road. So you have these big like trade routes coming, like running east to west, north to south, and this place is smack ass in the middle of it. You have to pass through here at some point. Um, so Ibn Sabah was such a devout follower of his new religion, so he found himself moving from town to town uh, through Iran like a Middle Eastern Crusade Age vacuum salesman. Um, or I guess an Islamic Mormon, but with less short sleeve dress shirts and pen, you know, pocket protectors and um, less issues of watchtower. No, Mormons are all right. The ones that I've talked to seem like they're pretty okay. Like yeah. They, they don't drink. They don't drink coffee, which I think is weird, but, you know, to each know. their fucking own, I guess. I guess. You, know, you guys are really, really, really white, though. Like, mayonnaise is spicy white. I was going to say raisins and coleslaw white, but I don't think anybody's actually that white. What? There's there's white people that will put raisins in coleslaw. Yeah. That's very, very white activity. Well, the only coleslaw, well, I don't know, I guess you call it coleslaw. It's actually like carrot slaw that you put that in. You don't put it, you don't put raisins in anything but a trash bag. No, no. They're fucking terrible. Well, little, that's, that's your... boxes of rabbit shit. That's your thoughts on the matter, but when it comes to carrot slaw, they belong in it. Now, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. They do. I'll stick to my regular coleslaw and broccoli slaw, which is really well. Good too. That's disgusting as well. Oh so. no, you put you put you uh, put cauliflower in it I too. Don't give a fuck. Oh, bitch, it's good. Still disgusting. Little chunks of of uh, cheddar cheese, like some real sharp cheddar. Yuck! It has trees in it. All good. I don't care. I'll eat the fuck out of it. Well, it's just like you with the, it's like carrot sl- carrot slaw with the with the. You don't put raisins, raisins in food. I don't care. I will eat the fuck out of it. There's don't people that put it in fucking potato salad, and they should be executed well, first off, you right should, now. No, you don't put that in potato salad. I'm t- there are people that do it. Well, that's just weird. Anyway. If you know someone that puts fucking raisins in potato salad, have you them don't. committed immediately. You just don't do it. That's, right. that's a cardinal, you know, sin. So in his book, he claims that he visited every town, village, and city in Iran. <sighs> Bullshit. Did he? Maybe. But that's a lot of territory to cover. Iran's a pretty sizable country. It is. And especially back then when shit was a little bit more spread out than it is now. That's that's a tough road to hoe. But maybe he did. Who the fuck knows? Oh, I don't know. Uh, so he focused his travel and teaching from the mountains in the north all the way to the Caspian Sea to the south. But he I mean, kind of... If you say you've been everywhere and people, a Johnny re- Cash and song, people read your book, right? they're going to go, Wow. This guy's a learned man. He's been everywhere. He knows everything. So why wouldn't we want to follow him? Right. But that's also something that you could just be like, oh, no, I've been to every fucking town in this bitch, man. And, uh, you know. <laughs> it, damn. It's still cult leader behavior, you know. I'm going to bamboozle you with nonsense and then be like, oh, shit, this guy's cool. It's. I think it's just high-class bullshittery. Could be that, too. You yeah. Know. Um, so he, he kind of stayed mostly in like the Western half, but he went fucking North to South. He covered the entire thing. <clears throat> the, uh, okay. It's towards Iraq. I had to figure out, I had to figure in my head West East. I'm yeah. Like, Cause okay, the Caspian Sea is like Southwest of Iran. Kind of like down that way. You know what I mean? I am not <clears throat> a geography major, so I don't know. Neither am I, but I know how to Google map stuff. And I, I don't know if to. it's north or if it's fucking south. And it's in the southern part, if I know that much. <laughs> um, 
I thought that was the Black Sea. No, the Black Sea is on the other side. Let's see. The the Black Sea is actually in like eight like Wait, isn't that the the No, 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 no. So the Black Sea is like all up in Eastern Eastern Europe. Oh wait, the Caspian that's, cuz that's Yeah. Oh, I think ah never mind. I don't know. Yeah. Fuck it. We don't know shit. <laughs> Um, so the mountains were home to different tribes of people that had for generations fought any kind of change or subjugation or anything like that from new groups moving in and out of the area. In the mountainous area of Dailam, he decided to really kind of get into his quote unquote missionary activities. And he would send missionaries that he had personally trained and hand selected out into the area to convert the locals. And he actually had a pretty decent success rate doing so. This is when he draws the attention of Nazim al-Mukh, who is the vizier of, he's another vizier of the Seljuk Empire. He's actually brother of the other one, the other al-Mukh guy that he had some shit with in the past. Many Middle Eastern historians consider this man the most important statesman in Islamic history. Very important. Not a guy you really want pissy with you, um, or the Seljuk Empire in general for that matter. Um, Considering during the first two crusades, they were essentially the home team, <laughs> I guess you would call it. Um, when it came, when it came to you know the Christian crusaders coming in to fucking uh, bullshit, but I think they were the home team throughout the whole thing. Yeah, well, no, no, because there was a point in time where the Christians had taken over, and then there was another crusade. So therefore, they would be the. <clears throat> I guess the home team, play, the the away team, playing at home in a different stadium. It's, co it's COVID season Blue Jays, we're the home team, but we're in a different stadium. Okay. <clears throat> see, see where I'm getting at? I get you. Yeah, these guys weren't hitting as many home runs over a fucking 220 foot fence though. Um, it's true. But they uh, <laughs> they had these really cool things called mamluks, which were a uh, uh, class of knight that were. They were originally brought in as slave mercenaries and then turned into knights because they were that good at fighting. And then eventually it just became what they called their elite soldiers. And they would keep bringing them in like this from different areas. Um, and they were bad motherfuckers, like bad ass, good, at, you know, good cavalry fighters, good ground fighters, hmm. bad motherfuckers. So eventually the... This uh, this vizier would send a bunch of guys after our boy Ibn Sabah. We're not real sure if they were just regular ass soldiers. If their mom looks, doesn't really matter. Um, so at this point in time, he's starting to think now's a good time to find a semi permanent place to to hold up. So the strange part is is that there was a push within Ismailism. To recognize Ibn Sabah as the true Imam. So they want him as like, he's our dude. We want him as the leader of our religion. Um, he actually refused this because he told them he was a supporter of the current Imam. And they're, you know, and they they weren't real thrilled with this. Wanted to find a wanted to find a safe place for him uh in the man that he felt was the true Imam. So he took this other guy with him trying to find a safe place to keep him so he's not getting executed. So he's looking for a, quote, remote and inaccessible stronghold to launch an open revolt against the Seljuks. 
And that's when he found Alamut. This fort was built around 865, and the lore surrounding it says it was built by a king who saw his eagle fly and perch on a rock. He decided that this was very a very important location, and he set up shop. He would call it Fort Allah Amut, which is the eagle's teachings. Hmm. It's starting to sound a little familiar yet with eagles and mountain castles and shit. So it's important to mention that Alamut wasn't uninhabited at the time. Very much so inhabited. Uh, to take the fort, obviously he's going to need other people, and he had a plan to do this. It would take the better part of two years to fully work through it, to fully work through and execute his plan. Phase one would be to send his missionaries, quote unquote, into the surrounding area and convert the locals to Ismaliism, and then go to the prominent people in the fort. He then made an offer to the fort's owner. You're gonna fucking love this. He would give him 3,000 gold deniers, um, not to be confused with donair, which is the Canadian gyro meat, uh, for a, quote, piece of land that could fit a buffalo's hide. <laughs> the owner's like, yeah, fucking yeah. <laughs> this guy's a dummy. I'll do it. <laughs> so Hassan then had a buffalo hide brought out to him, and he cut it into really, really, really thin strips. And he laid that shit all the way around the perimeter of the fort. So he got this whole fucking fort over a buffalo skin and 3,000 chunks of gold. Okay. Yeah. Because technically, it covered the perimeter of the fort. Uh-huh. So therefore, it's covered by a buffalo skin, so it's mine. True. Take a fucking walk. Hassan Ibn Sabah is now being referred to by his people as... Sayyidina? which means our Lord. And from here, he would expand the, his empire, his empire, important to acquire 20 more castles through diplomacy. And then a few through some less savory means. They'd all be in mountainous areas through Iran and Syria, even though there was a vast difference in some cases between these, uh, between these fortresses, they maintained their independence from the Seljuks. So no matter how hard these fucking guys try, they cannot take these fortresses. Can't do it. Unfucking takeable. Huh. Um, each territory had its own mint, and the money was good at any of the various strongholds. You probably couldn't use it elsewhere, but if you were traveling from stronghold to stronghold, you could use the money there. Because it was all minted up with fucking Ibn Sabah's mug on the front of it. Smart. Um, so in 1092, the Seljuks would launch two separate attacks on Elamut, which at this time held, quote, no more than 60 or 70 men, which I don't know if I believe that. Um, as the Seljuks laid siege to the fortress, 300 plus Naziri supporters who are friends of Sabah would actually attack the Seljuks from a flank and run them off. So this is also another thing where one of these Seljuk uh, emissaries actually went into the fort and que he was questioning the loyalty of the followers of Ibn Sabah. And he's like, these men will, they'll, they'll turn on you if I give them the money to this, that, the other. And he goes, no, they won't. What, what are you talking about? Basically, I can, I can tell these guys to kill themselves and they'll do it. Emissary didn't believe him. He told two of his men, go jump off the side of it. They go over, they fucking get to the edge of the, the parapet and just dive off. And he's like, holy shit. Okay. Neither one of the guys died because they landed in beds of 
fucking like vegetation and shit that they'd made below only about 30 feet down um so good uh good trick yeah they weren't yeah. hay bales they weren't marked with fucking sparkly shit so you can dive off a building from them but oh i mean but still it's uh it's a uh a good trick yeah you imagine standing there and be like, they won't do that. Holy fuck, they did it. Yeah. They these motherfuckers jumped off of there. Yeah, the, the shit part would be like later on be like, wait a minute. You're supposed to be dead. <laughs> I saw you. You guys all kind of look the same. You your shifty of, eyes and your faces covered in you shit. Son of a bitch, I saw you jump off that cliff. But they didn't get a chance to because they got butt slammed and run off. Oh. Um well, I mean, they probably got met up, up with them later on, you know, a couple Ooh. years later. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. So Ibn Sabah is now realizing he is surrounded by all sides. I'm sorry, on all sides by enemies, much like Israel. Uh, except these are Shiites, Sunnis, um, you know, alike like that, Christians. Um, and his little beginnings of an empire have to do something. So he would hand select men for specialized training. These men would go through grueling physical and mental training. Part of the training would take place in a lush garden that was built into every single one of these strongholds. They would mostly be in the main encampment, but they would eventually branch off and have them in all the other little fortresses that they they held. Are you talking talking about the gardens or are you talking about the guys? The gardens. Well, both. Okay. Um, Okay. So here they would be waited on hand and foot for a couple of weeks by beautiful women. They're being brought everything they want to eat or drink. No alcohol. And more importantly, they are being handed piles of hashish on a regular basis. Um, I've never tried it, but from what I can tell, it's a really fucking intense high. Uh, side effects include sensory, uh, sensory distortion, nausea, vomiting, stomach cramping, significant loss of motor coordination, Respiratory changes, increased heart rate, and increased blood pressure. Wow. If you're pregnant or plan on becoming pregnant, do not take this. Do not smoke um, hashish. <laughs> there's also, I'm not going to say that, I'm not going to tell you how to make it, even though I did go look through it. If you want to know how to make it, you can do it yourself. Google it. I'm not telling you. Because it's a controlled substance and it's like in the same league as heroin, basically. Um, even though it's essentially just fucking, it's, it's all basically from your fucking regular cannabis plants. It's just processed differently. And it being a processed drug is what makes it more illegal than just smoking weed. Um, so these young men would be told that the pleasures they experienced while high would be just a fraction of what they felt if they were to carry out their missions correctly. By correctly, he meant becoming a martyr for the cause. So a detailed description of the paradise they would see under the influence of Hashish would say, on awakening and seeing his uh, seeing his chief enter, the trainee would say, Oh, chief, I am awake. and I, uh, Am I awake or am I dreaming? To which the chief would say, Oh, such uh, such as one, take heed and thou tell not the dream to any stranger. Know that Allah, thy Lord, hath vouchsafed to show that the place destined for thee in paradise. Hesitate not a moment, therefore, in service of the imam, who thus designs to intimate his contentment with thee. So a lot of the time they would smoke just tons of fucking hash um, and they would go out and carry out assassinations, Um, which I kind of like to know where they find the motivation to do that. Because the last time I got really, really stoned, I wasn't motivated to do anything, let alone go fucking kill somebody. Well, it's kind of like the, 
you know, the Somalis getting fucked up on cot, you know, and they fucking go out and... Yeah, but cot's a stimulant. Yeah, but, well, no. The thing is, though, it's this. Pot, marijuana, mm-hmm. THC, two different forms. Right. You can have sativa and... Indica. Indica. I don't remember which is which, but yeah. one of them is... Is what do you fucking potheads can tell us? I'm pretty one sure of them, one, of, uh, one of them is an upper one, the other one's a downer. Yeah, basically, I, I usually get the downer one and I'm like, oh, fuck, I gotta remind myself to breathe now. Yeah, I mean, but you know, one you can you get motivated in to do stuff, and the other one you're just kind of like, eh, no, yeah, but could you imagine getting high and then trying to remember somebody's face in the crowd that you have to go kill and hoping you get the right one? Well, if you take the right strain, you're yeah, you're gonna fucking. I can't remember what I want to get at fucking McDonald's when I'm high. I can't remember how long it's been since I ordered when I was high. And I get really mad at that poor guy that came out of Burger King and handed us their food that night. After approximately four minutes of waiting. Wow. Fucking hours later, I finally get my Whopper or whatever the fuck I got. And I drove home in cruise control because, you know, speed's an issue. (laughs) So many of the stories about assassins and the the hash taking appear to have been made up by the rivals to make them look bad or somehow evil. Uh, but they yeah, more than they really were, which that, that seems like some uh, fucking 1940s Christian bullshit. Like, oh, they're out here smoking jazz cigarettes. They're going to kill somebody. Well, I mean, it you was know? it was all because it was uh, they were doing something that, you know, was, you know, all those Christian crusaders and you know all stuff that were trying to convert them all were like that's 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 evil that's, yeah you know you those know. those innocent Christian crusaders that were raping and pillaging everything in sight too <laughs> yeah and getting fucking hammered on like wineskins and shit uh-huh but you can't smoke this stuff because it's bad don't <laughs> I bet you they did they still did it I doubt it Dude, Christians are fucking uptight now most some Christians are still uptight now. I'm going to reword that because I know some that are pretty fucking cool. I bet they did. I'm it. related to some that are pretty fucking cool. So I'm going to say, I bet you they did it. I, I bet you know. because those same idiots. I don't know. Cause it's the enemy's drug of choice. I'll, I'll just say this, this, the same fucking idiots that we you don't know, complain or whatever did all that were the same ones that they used to find in, uh, in fucking, uh, smoke houses or whatever in, in China. You know, yeah, smoking all, opium, all fucking strung out in opium. Yeah. So, I mean, so pretty much. And of course, this is one of those situations where it's, you know, history is written by the fucking victor. So basically everything we know about these guys was taken from who they would consider to be hostile for, you know, sources. Younger followers who were becoming assassins or fiddy, uh, fidayin, as they would also be called, mm-hmm. were trained in the use of daggers and swords. And they were, for, again, forbidden to drink alcohol or play the flute with the penalty for transgressors being a death sentence. What? Yeah. He was not big on woodwinds. You come in there with a saxophone and he's like, motherfucker, that's right. Come in here with a flute and I'm going to stick it up your ass. I de- no flutes. Uh, I, I'm going to call bullshit. No, that, that's, I guarantee that's probably not true, but I think the writer of that was like, yeah, I don't like fucking flutes. So you know what? I'm going to make it so that they don't like flutes. Well, this might change your mind because two of Hassan's own sons broke these rules and were executed as an example. His own kids. I bet it was another something else they did. Either that or he caught him playing skin flutes and he's like, uh, oh, oh, bitch. That's uh, 
beat his head with a rock. Yeah. I mean, prob- that's probably how it would have gone down, too. Stoning's still a pretty big thing over there. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, beheading. See, that's where they fuck up, though, because they don't like baseball. We're going to stone somebody to death over here. Like, we're going to bring Randy Johnson out of retirement. Watch you hit, yeah, hit, him, hit somebody with a fucking 96 mile an hour slider in the brain. That's it. Just one shot. You know. I mean, because the angle's going to be all fucked up, too. I think the gonna, big unit still got it in him, though. You know. I mean, it's going to be fucking coming at you from fucking, you know, 10 miles down. But and that's why he'd be good at it, because he's already low to the ground. He might look like a turkey, but he can pitch like a motherfucker. True. True. Or get like Roger Clemens. Not, eh. I think Roger Clemens is a little too busted up for that. I think he could ah, Trevor Bauer. He's not doing anything. He's going to be our, uh, our our national stoner. Okay. Yeah. Bring him in. All right. Like your fucking $100,000 contract. We're going to send you the, to the Middle East as our representative for stonings. You know, yeah. Just don't do anything stupid. Ah. Er. <laughs> okay. Okay. A lot of the stories coming up are, the, are those told by people that have dealt with the fide, fideine. Um due to most of their records and shit having been destroyed. Um, and we'll get into who destroyed all their records here at, at, towards the end. Um, they made stories up. Again, just made shit up. Left fucking right and center. Um, including a, a Chinese account, uh, which says, quote, the soldiers of this country are uh, are veritable brigands. When they see a lusty youth, they tempt him with, uh, with the hope of gain and bring him to such a point that he will read, uh, he will be ready to kill his father or his elderly brother with his own hands. After he is enlisted, they intoxicate him and carry him in that state into a secluded retreat, where he is charmed with delicious music <laughs> and beautiful women. Never heard, I've never heard any delicious music. Never even heard music that makes me hungry. It's just delightful, wonderful. Music. Yeah. And this is coming from the Chinese who are still who are using fucking opium and going to war at this point. So but I mean right around this time period the Chinese are like things are going good for the Chinese. And then uh they got a shitstorm headed their way shortly. Ten sixty six? Or ten six ten ninety something? Yeah. Yeah. Shit's still okay in China for now. Until a madman with a goofy little mustache decides that I've got horses, and you've got people. Was he that? Oh, yeah, dude. Was he that? Era? Yeah, pretty close to it. I thought um, he was it, a little it, bit... Well, it, this, is, this is before then, but, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's not that long. But he's like, yeah, you know, shit's all right here in China. We're going to send people out to... Oh, I just thought he was... Well, I thought it was... Maybe, oh, oh. Okay, 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 I knew who you're talking about, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure most people listening to this are going to know who I was talking about. Yeah, I was thinking that it was close to the already the like the the hit you already rolled through. Shit was kind of, eh, and then there was another guy that came in and was like, "Hey, you know what? Get the fuck out!" You know, and he was starting everything off, and it was kind of like he was the the starter of the uh, um, Forbidden City. Which you know the Ming Dynasty. Yeah, that was a, that created. was a ways after though. Okay, I thought th- I thought it was like, hmm, I thought it was closer to that time. I don't know. Yeah, all good. I don't know enough about that fucking history over yeah, there. So. My Asian, I'm not real good with Asian history. I'm not uh, good with fucking yeah Middle Eastern history. I mean, me I know either. some, a little, 
Like, not a bunch, but a little. I mean, I, I know, like, some of it, but I don't know everything. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's probably, it's a lot of that history that, you know, it's kind of like, it's unknown. No, there's a reason of... it's unknown, because big fucking library go boom. The river run black with ink. Mongol no read good. Eh, water. <laughs> um... <laughs> Ah, <laughs> so all his uh, to continue with this quote, all his desires are satisfied for several uh, for several days, and then in his sleep he's transported back to his original position. When he awakes, they ask what he has seen. He uh, he is ah. then informed that he will become an assassin. He will be rewarded with the same felicity. What the fuck that word actually means? Okay, so he um, has a he has an out of body experience. Oh no, he's still in his body, but they just fucked him up with like drugs and chicks and no, food. No, but he's, he's saying that he he thinks he, he just had a really kick-ass dream. Yeah, but he's kind of like more of like an out of body, you know, type of sensory overload. Yeah, yeah. Um, and with the text and prayers that they teach him, he, uh, teach him they heat him to such a pitch that whatever commission to be, uh, be given to him with uh. <clears throat> He will brave death without regret in order to execute it. Um, so one of the really important things, there, there's a lot of stories from fucking Marco Polo about these guys. And he's the one that originally came up with this whole idea of the Hashishin um, and all that. Just like the name. I didn't put any of them in because he's a pretty well-known historical liar. Uh, kind of a fuck up. He didn't create macaroni. No. Goddamn PBS lied to me as a child. Fuck you, Wishbone. Son of a bitch. <laughs> what so, the hell? Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude, there's a whole generation of us that that were t- that were led to believe by shows on PBS that Marco Polo created fucking macaroni. No. Yeah, there is. We've been yeah. lied to. Yeah, I'm sorry for your... Unless it's like some Mandela effect bullshit that I'm just remembering now, but I'm pretty sure it's not. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I didn't watch Wishbone. It was either Wishbone or somebody else on there. It was definitely PBS because mm. I had two channels at that point. We had PBS and CBS, and it definitely wasn't on CBS. Yeah, but you soon had Grandpa's Knob and all that shit, so you had more channels than I did. Later on, yeah. Like, we eventually went up to, like, 10. Yeah. And then we got cable, and we got, like, 15. But when I was a kid kid, like, when I remember this specifically, we had two channels. Huh. Um, so one of the really important things to remember about this group is they did not attack civilians at all. Um, and before we go too much further, I think we're going to take our break now and then we're going to come back in. We're going to talk about some of the people, important people that they killed, which is fun. Spoiler alert. It all pretty much happens the same way. The first target of the Fidayin would be the old buddy of Ibn Sabah, Nazim al-Mulk. Nazim had traveled to see the old man of the mountain, which is what Ibn Sabah was now calling himself. And that's a not just something he calls himself. That becomes the title of whoever is running this organization. So okay. when he dies, the next person that takes over becomes the old man of the mountain. Yeah. It's a it's a Dread Pirate Robert situation. Um, he's kind of hide behind a big fucking beard and everybody looks similar uh-huh. that way. Uh-huh. Yeah, He's immortal. Um, so he saw him as a huge fucking threat to the Seljuk Empire. And this was after Elmuk suggested that Alamut be taken by force. And that fail that 
attempted takeover there that had failed that we already talked about. Even Sabah was so confident in his abilities of his fidein that only he that he only sent one man in his all they give you for a name name is Tahir. Um, in 1092, Nazim was being carried in a litter from the Sultan's chamber to his own. Um, a litter is basically just a fucking bed with posts on it with like curtains and shit. Yeah, you know what it is. Yeah, you know it's one of those things usually being being carried by sexy shirtless men. No, it's you know like definitely. with like like the old you see shit with Cleopatra and it's usually like you know yeah. greased up dudes with abs like carrying this oh yeah nasty you, bitch you, on her bed. You know, really, there was fat guys in there. Yeah, because we're stronger than fucking, yeah, you know. There, there was fat guys. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't, they're like, you know, you look like you could pick up some shit. Yeah. Get in there, you know. Get out of here with your abs, fucking yeah. Chad, dildo. This fucking t- Scott yeah. and Tyler and whatever your name is. Todd, <laughs> you can't go in there. <laughs> so, um. Sorry, Todd. Yeah. We, no fucking Todd's allowed. So he's being carried from one chamber to the other. Um, and a Sufi holy man slips past the guards and he hands Al-Muk a note. According to writings of the time, when the note was found, it said, quote, the killing of this devil, uh, devil, Bobby Boucher's mom wrote it. God damn devil. <laughs> Goddamn devil. This man is the devil. Um, the killing of this devil is the beginning of bliss. Al-Muk looks at the note very confused, uh, but not nearly as confused as he was when the curved blade slipped between his ribs and directly into his heart. Uh, Tahir then dropped the blade, apparently, and stood there and let the guards kill him, which means that he got to go to heaven. Aha. Uh-huh. Start to sound familiar? I've done my job. Now I get to die. Yeah. Hmm. Weird. I wonder if that's still a... If that's still a thing. No. Uh-uh. Uh. Pretty sure if these dudes had some text, they would have done it that way. Uh, <laughs> with Nazim out of the way, a new vizier was put into position. And I'm going to mispronounce this dude's name. I know it's not Fokker, but that's what we're going with. Ah, It's Fokker Al-Mook. It's his son. Ah. <laughs> his oldest son. Um, Tell me Fokker. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's, either, it's either Fokker or Fakir. It's <laughs> F-A-K-H-R. F-A-K... Uh, probably. It's yeah. probably Fakir, but I'm going to go with Fokker because, you know. Fokker. I, I don't care. It, you know. <laughs> this goddamn goofy hat. Um, so he's walking... Basically the same path that his father was on in the same palace. Um, and as he's walking by himself, by the way, mm. no guards, mm. he starts hearing somebody shouting or maybe crying. Hey, um, <laughs> I fucking hate that guy. Um, but what the person is screaming is all the Muslims have departed. There was no one left to investigate the grace or take the hand of a troubled man. El Mook beckons him over, feels bad for him. You know, he's probably a little homeless, probably a little crazy. Guy hands him a pamphlet. Elmuk reads it, and then he spit. He, ah, he's apparently split from pelvis to sternum, just unzipped like a cheap, like a cheap fucking suit. Oh. Um. So this assassin was captured along with two other men that had nothing to do with the killing. The assassin held his ground, didn't say shit, gave him the old fucking mafia treatment. Where are you from, Nunya? You know. I ain't talking. Yeah. Shut your fucking mouth. So that's uh, exactly how he talked too. He was like, "I ain't saying a word. I ain't a stool pigeon. Shut your mouth." It may have been a little bit more falafel salesman than that. Oh, but uh, okay. 
All right, fine. Uh, but he didn't. He gave him shit. Uh, and the next day, he's executed, as you do. And then he also killed the other two guys just to make sure they got the right one. Uh. Um, so yeah, two innocent men died because uh, uh, because this guy wouldn't just fucking say. You know, even if he'd said anything, I'm pretty sure they still would have killed those guys. Well, I mean, they were witnesses. They're already there. They were there, and you know, they we knew can't just let them go. Yeah, they, they're gonna they're gonna talk. You know, I mean. It's like catching fish and leaving them in your live well on the boat. You're like, well, I can't just throw them back at the end of the day. They're already fucking almost dead. Mm. You know, we already pre-beat these guys to death, so we got to just finish them off. Yeah. Whatever. Um, the next assassination, a little more tricky. Um, this is the Emir of Mahara, which is a city in eastern in the eastern Azerbaijan province of Iran, which confused the fuck out of me because Azerbaijan is its own goddamn country. Yeah. But it's also a province in Iran. So this is the Kansas City, Missouri of Iran. Okay. Because I'm pretty sure Azerbaijan's like right there too. You know? It's like La Faso in, in South Africa. What? It's a, I think it's La Faso. It's like a little tiny... It's like a, it's a country within the inside of uh, South Africa. You could have also used Vatican City, because I would have recognized that one. Okay, yeah, that too. Yeah. I don't know, maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. Either way. Um. So, and this guy's name... Oh, God damn it. Amadil Ibn al-Kurdi. Mm. Which, I mean, I believe means he was Kurdish. Somewhere in that neck of the woods, I would think. Ibn, I think that means son. No, al-Kurdi is where I got the idea. He's probably a Kurd. Oh, I just think it's it's because it's even. Well, even well, I don't know. The son of son of the Kurds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, just, it sounds like a really bad yeah. like eighties action movie. Son of a Kurd. Yeah. So he, he was, you know, doing you Amir stuff. Son of a Kurd. <laughs> so he's just like, like you know, he's out pounding, you know, pounding the pavement, doing Amir things. Um, he's in Damascus. Uh, he was those, traveling. Those Amir things. Yeah, God damn. I don't know what the fuck they do. I don't know if he's out like you know. Horin and. Selling knives or some shit. I don't yeah. know what the fuck they do. Selling dates, figs, you know? you know, all that good stuff. So he's traveling through the streets and was shockingly approached by another weeping man with a pamphlet. And uh, he urged the emir to give this to the sultan. He's like, you're probably heading that way. You know, help, ah. a, help a brother out. Bring yeah. this to him. Well, I wasn't really headed that way, but, you know, all right. So when the assassin pulls his knife, the emir puts the fucking fear of Allah into him. He took the knife back and either A, hit him with it, or gave it back to him blade first. Um, either way, this man's dead. The emir's just like, bitch, what you gonna do? He's like, um, shut up, motherfucker. But our Fedayeen friends have planned for such things like this. Ah, uh, they uh, have second a second assassin jumps from a fucking, like a cart kind of deal. So the first one was actually really a disguise, or it was a uh, distraction? The, yes. Well, I mean, if he could have killed him, he probably would have been like, fucking, all right, cool, here we go. No, 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 I think he let, I'm going to say he let him take the... Well, he definitely tried to kill him. Well, yeah, you got to... Listen, you, you could have just been like, hmm, and just pulled the knife and like held it in his face and be like, what do you do, bitch? The whole thing is, And then is, just get the know, fucking dog snot backhanded out of you by this giant man, I'm assuming. Well, they, they did they things right in that time. They you know, didn't be like, Ugh, I want to stop you. you know, and then all of a sudden somebody like, jumps down. Warning. It was just out of your fucking robes and in your belly. Yeah, well, he, he tried it and then he was like, then he's like, oh, I'm going to die for the cause and then my fucking buddy's going to come down. Well, speaking of his buddy, the second one leaps from him. the shadows from behind a cart. 
Um, nice. The Amir fucking head fakes him. He jukes and he gets out of the way and the guard just cuts him down, kills him uh. right there. Now the Amir has kind of like, he, he's a little banged up. He took a, 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 a knife wound here. His guards are now on full alert. Mm-hmm. They're searching for the crowd for anyone that is clearly dressed like a murderer. <laughs> murderer! Well, Get him! Well, all that's going on. Another assassin jumps from the same place as the second one uh-huh. and fucking stabs the Amir in the back and just drops the knife and stands there. Um, witnesses were absolutely shocked that he pulled the knife out and just stood there and let the guards kill him. They're like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Like, if you're going to kill him, run away. And that fucker, Stand there like a fucking doorknob, you idiot. And the fucker probably survives. Oh, no, he was dead. Oh, damn. They're, they're all dead. The only people that are still alive are the guards and the witnesses. Oh. It, They'll maybe, be dead, too. Maybe the witnesses. They'll be dead soon. I mean, they're all dead now, but yeah. whatever. Um, May 9th of 1122, another target would get got. And honestly, I think it's because of this guy's long-ass name. I'm going to tell you where it starts, and I want you to figure out where it ends. Okay. Kamal Al-Mukh Abd- uh, Abu Talib Al Sumerami. <laughs> so yeah, that's the end of his name. That's a long fucking name. Yeah, that's I... uh, five names with titles in it. Mm. Um, so dude's riding in a convoy with the Baghdad, uh, the <clears throat> from Baghdad, with the Sultan Mahmud uh, and a big ass group of foot soldiers and cavalry. They pass through a market. And as they're coming out, it narrows down. So obviously you have to thin the, you know, thin the ranks here because you can't just go fucking shoulder to shoulder through a geographical obstacle. Um, and that geographical obstacle was really, really thick thorn bushes on both sides. Ooh. So um, again, they narrow down kind of tight squeeze to get through. Um, and as they're squeezing through here, an assassin jumped from the thorns and swung the knife downwards. He missed the vizier, but killed his mule. <laughs> okay. That fucking mule had it coming. Well, he did, he didn't kill it quite yet, but it... it... Well, they had to shoot it. Future, future events. The mule will die eventually from blood loss. Um, he realizes he fucked up, and he takes off running towards the Tigris River. And at this point in time, nearly the entire force abandoned the sultan and the vizier... To chase this one asshole. Aha. Uh-huh. So another decoy. Yes. So I'm just guessing at this. I don't really know those people. I'm just guessing. So I don't know if they didn't have enough special ability saved up, but eventually they lose this guy's footprints in the sand. Oh, he. No, no, no. He got a special ability. He's a, he's a fucking, he's a Muslim ninja. Yeah, of course he, he does. He had plus five sneak. He took his clothes off and just fucking burrowed. Just, like I said. Just, he had a plus five sneak with the cloak of deception. Muslim Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, he had Muslim a clo- Gear Solid. He had a clo- cloak of deception. He hid in a fucking cardboard box. I mean, you know, that's what happens. Hiding in a giant bag of dates or some shit. Um, <clears throat> so they are like, fuck, and they decide that they're going to turn back around. And when they turn, they're attacked by two more assassins. But this wasn't really much of an attack. They kind of like jumped out like, rah, 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 just swinging knives at him. Um and these motherfuckers just get the shit killed out of them. Like, they're just like, spear, put you in the ground, fuck off. We got to go back. We got a problem. Uh-huh. So, 
as they're going back from this far, distraction, we're, we're too far from the boss. We need to get back. Yeah. So as they're running back from this distraction, uh, another assassin climbs out of these fucking thorns, grabs the Vasir by the mouth, sticks a knife in his kidney and pulls him off the mule. He then stabbed him an additional 30 fucking times and cut his throat so deeply that it almost decapitated him completely. Mm. All of this while the Sultan sat there on his horse and fucking watched. Well, that's a good show. Huh. Yeah. Damn. This is where it gets a little fucky. Because, obviously, this other dude's just like... It's almost like after they... You ever, you ever seen the Manchurian Candidate? Nope. Okay, so basically it was a mind control thing where you were programmed to assassinate somebody, and then afterwards, that's the end of anything. You don't know what the fuck to do. So they basically just stand there. Just exactly what he does, and the rest of these guys come back and they just, <laughs> you know, dice him into finely minced shit, and then uh-huh. left him there. Um, and uh, the Sultan was completely fine, untouched. Well, because his target wasn't the Sultan. Right. And this, remember I said it gets a little fucky? This is here. This is where it gets fucky. The Vizier, by all accounts, was a huge douche. He was taxing the, just the bejesus out of everybody in the area. He was sending goons in to fucking extort money from business owners, shit like that. And as soon as he was killed, the Sultan canceled all the taxes in that area. Uh Uh-huh. So... I think the Sultan may have been like, hey, buddy, I hear you got these dudes that'll do some bro shit for me. Uh-huh. I think the, I think the, the, the Sultan hired these fucking guys to kill him. I'm going to say he put the first hit out. Because, yes, he's the Sultan. He could have just had him killed. But that looks a little fucking weird if you do that. Uh-huh. This way, it's just totally fucking random. Jesus Christ. So this is probably, no, 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 this is the biggest assassination that was carried out by the Hashishin. Sir Conrad of Monferrat is walking through the courtyards. And That's this, a fucking made up name. It is. Well, sure. all names are made up, but he's also, I believe, a Frenchman, which he deserves everything he's about to get. Um, so he's walking through the courtyard in the city of Tyre, which is in Lebanon. Uh-huh. Lebanon, sorry. Lebanon's in New Hampshire. Um he didn't go anywhere like without his dudes. Like the homies are decked out full like crusader male. Yeah. They're big fucking red crosses on their chest looking like dickheads. Yeah. These guys. Um why is he so heavily guarded? He's uh. the king of fucking Jerusalem, that's why. Oh. Yeah. So he's the most powerful Christian in the Middle East at this point in time. Um he has full say full command over the entire crusading army that is in the middle east he is the fucking the guy right he he is so high up that uh his cousin would even have to like go and bend the knee to him and he's kind of a big deal uh, richard the lionhearted uh would have to be like yeah fuck all right <laughs> i guess you're in charge um so as he's walking, you know, strolling through the area here, from a small little side alley, two nondescript monks approach him. They got their heads bowed, um, kind of chanting, not really loud enough that you can hear anything, most likely Latin hymns. 
and they're working their, their little prayer beads or whatever the fuck you call them. Um, they've got the hoods up on their brown robes, the fucking belt. They look like the Padres logo. No, mm. it's probably without the, the horseshoe haircut. Um, so they quietly are just walking through the center of the courtyard. And then they start to pick up the pace a little bit. They close the distance. They're now sprinting the last few feet to the king of fucking Jerusalem. Um, and at this point in time, one of the men... One of his guards just kind of falls out of the way and a fucking blade. Conrad of Montferrat is dead. The king of Jerusalem is bleeding to death in the dirt. Mm. Kind of a big deal. Um, <laughs> so the most imposing, merciless, and untouchable man in the Holy Land is now dead. He ain't so untouchable. Um, a lot of people, like almost fucking immediately, were like, oh, no, 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 no. No, fucking Richard did this. Richard set this up because he uh-huh. wanted it. Um, on his return to Europe from the Crusades, he was actually arrested and charged with the murder. Luckily, a, a letter that was addressed to Leopold, Duke of Austria, uh, not Duke of shitbaggery Leopold, but maybe an ancestor, who knows. So the letter got to him just before he was actually set to be executed. And it read, from the old man leader of the assassins. The letter absolved Richard of the murder and any other crimes. Uh, they claimed that the assassination was ordered by Rashad Ad-Din Sinan himself on the premise that Conrad insulted the leader of the assassins by seizing a ship that originally belonged to him. So whether this is actually true or not, we don't really know. We never will because everybody involved is obviously dead because this was a fucking thousand years ago. Um, so the last one I really wanted to bring up, because this one's actually kind of cool. Um, another another big name. When you, we're, we're, if we're looking at the, the fucking all-star team for the Crusades, this dude is definitely a starter. Okay. okay. He'd been targeted by the Hashishin a couple of times before, um, and he decided that he's had enough of this bullshit, and he led his men personally to besiege Masayev Castle in Syria. Hmm. He made sure that his best, most elite troops surrounded him at all times um, so that he didn't meet the same fate that so many others before him have. Mm -hmm. After weeks of holding siege, one morning, the great Saladin himself wakes up to find a dagger planted in the pillow next to his head with a note attached to it. Um, He would call off the siege that day and retreat home. These guys scared fucking Saladin, and that took some doing, because he was a motherfucker. Mm. Like, he was as gangster as they come. Yeah. Um, so from what can, that can be found of the history of this group, it came to a fairly abrupt end when the Mongol war machine stormed across the Middle East. Uh, the last couple strongholds of the uh, of the assassins to fall to the uh, the Mongols were actually... Masayef and Alamut, the two big ones, were the last two that actually fell. So I think kind of what happened there is as they were coming along, either these guys saw it coming and they just retreated to the the biggest one nearby or whatever. Um, But that's pretty much where this whole story ends is with either Genghis Khan or fucking Subatai coming through and just dick whipping people. Um, Yeah. Well... yeah. Would it have been Subutai? It could have been either or, because they, they both kind of went that direction. 
But did Jengis actually get that far? I thought it was Subutai that did. Uh, Subutai fucking... That motherfucker landed in Alaska at some point. I'm convinced. Probably. That fucking guy went everywhere. Yeah. He does not get the credit that... I mean, not that either one of them deserve any credit because they were both fucking terrible people. But he he doesn't get as much uh, as much play as he should as a a, a huge figure in no, the Mongol Empire. No, because I mean, yeah, you get more, you get Genghis, and then you get Kubla. Yeah, but they didn't know? like fucking Kubla Khan didn't really do much. Fucking Subutai is out here building pyramids of human heads, coming back three days later and killing anybody that was still alive and the fucking animals. Well, I mean, that's he was what a you're motherfucker. Told to, that's, like you're told to do it. He would have done it anyway, though. I'm pretty sure he was crazy. Um, like, is it possible that there's still an order of assassins that exists somewhere? Maybe, maybe. Who knows? Uh, I mean, there's still the fucking apparently the the knights hospital uh, hospital area or whatever the Hospitler. fuck they are. Yeah, there you go. Or the fucking um. Well, they changed their the name. Te- like the Knights Templar and all those guys that supposedly still exist. And they changed their name. Right. Yeah. And they they're were... still doing fucking shady shit here and there. Who knows? Maybe. They kind of changed their name. They went from the Nice Hot Spitler to the Rosicrucians to the to the Masons. Right. <laughs> but So they're still out there doing some shifty shit. Are these guys? Maybe. Who knows? Um, the group's definitely been kept alive through the first Assassin's Creed game. Um which can be a basically a direct descendant of the group. Uh-huh. They didn't cut their fucking middle finger off, their ring finger off, and use a hidden blade or any shit like that. But no. Um, and I mean, we kind of touched on it before, but modern day suicide bombers show some real similarities. Yeah. Uh, you know, the fanaticism, willingness to die for the cause. You know, common ground is is definitely possible to reach there. Um, so that's the uh, the hashishin or the. Uh, Order of Assassins from the fucking Crusade times. Pretty fucking cool. That was pretty fun. I like yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really talk too much just because I, I'm, I mean, I'm interested in it. So, I mean, can't really throw too any too much right. into it. I, you know, I'd just sit here and just listen to the whole thing and be like, holy shit, you know. Some wild shit. I, mean, like- I knew about the ha- Hashishin and I knew about, you know, you know, all that. And you know, I now mean, tell us where you knew about it from. You son the of a bitch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I knew about him. Fourth book. <laughs> no, actually, I knew about him before that. Well, so did I, but like, I didn't, I didn't realize how much he actually took from real life, including names of people that he put in that. I didn't know about uh, even uh, even Sabah, even Sabah, until I actually watched. I didn't know, I didn't recognize the name until I actually watched uh um oh fuck what's the show ah oh, god damn it I'm oh fuck oh it was a fucking show I watched but they they talked about it yeah. anyway doesn't matter it, it's just a show that they I watched they they talked about it and because they were talking about you know yeah. Where, where, where this come from, or, you know, the assassins. And he's like, oh, even Fahal, you know, and he talked about him. And I was like, oh, okay. The the book that I referenced is Assassin's Code by Jonathan Mayberry. I, I don't know how many times we can tell you people, go either read or listen. You don't know. Go listen, because it's so much better that way. Yeah. To the entire fucking Joe Ledger series from start to beginning. 
It's fantastic. Ray Porter's amazing. Jonathan Mayberry is potentially my favorite writer that has ever existed. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about rolling this die, but I was like, wait, damn. we're not rolling the die because we're going to go on the road trip. We're, yeah, we're road tripping the next couple of weeks. Yeah. So fucking robo trip. And- yes. So Kevin talked. So I'm going to talk yeah. for a little bit. So, uh, yes, if you want uh, more of this shit, go on over to this little place called Patreon. God damn uh, right. Forward slash Dark Windows Pod. Cast or pod? Podcast. Podcast. And for $5 a month, you can get extra episodes Bonus each week. Bonus episode every week. Yeah, yeah, every week. And this week, you're going to kind of like it. Everybody's going to like it. Because a little bit of you know uh, a little bit of gangster stuff going on. Oh shit! Yeah, I mean, last week was good too, where we didn't even like write anything. It was just read directly from a book, and it was fucking incredible. Yeah. Well, next week's gonna be a little a little gang war. We're gonna talk about that. That actually. Okay. It's a Sorry. Little, a little gang <laughs> war that actually ties in. Um, and I will tell you, remind everybody, but that it ties in to. Next week's episode. Okay. Ties into a road trip episode? No. Next week's episode is my episode. Oh, that's right. So, yes, this ties in to my episode, which is a crime. Um, so, yeah, both good. You know, I got a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, names that, you know, <laughs> I didn't know. Maybe dropping names. Oh, well, we'll be dropping some fucking names. Definitely. So anyway, yeah, you'll get extra one uh, for $5 a month. Everybody likes an extra episode. If you can't afford it, that's okay. We understand. Um, also, head on over to patreon.com yep. and check them out. They have uh, probably going to find your next pair of Bluetooth earbuds or headphones. Or hell, you might even... You know, want to get their uh, their Bluetooth speaker because that's really really cool. And uh, put it in your basket, go to checkout, put the promo code of Dark Windows fifteen in to get fifteen percent off your entire purchase. Yep. Also, uh, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, I'm sorry, Twitter and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. We're Dark Windows Pod. Facebook, Dark Windows Podcast. Now on Facebook we have the show page and we also have the group the group page. <coughs> the show page you can go yeah. on and like leave us a review which is pretty rad. Yeah. Um and also let's see. You know, I tell you what, if you go on and leave us a review with a suggestion, we will bump that to the top of the fucking list for a topic. How yeah. about that? I love it. Let's get some fucking reviews going. Yeah. That sounds good to me. So yeah, I guess uh yeah, I guess that's all for uh this week you know right that's it man that's yeah. all i got yeah so uh if, just because you can't see out into the dark doesn't mean the dark can't see into you goddamn right it can't and uh later bye <laughs>